Meatballs, Meatballs. Meatballs, Meatballs, podcast number 15. Jack Flanders is having dinner in a restaurant when a mysterious woman with a Brazilian accent sits down at his table and says, Take me home. I don't even know you. Take me home, Jack. But you know who I am. Please. Where is your home? You know. Brazil? Look at me. Your eyes are, are so clear like glass. Cool like crystal. What do you see? I see myself reflected in your eyes. Take me home, Jack. I do know you. But it's as though I know you from a dream. I, is that true? You love the jungle, Jack. Jungle Jack? How, how do you know that? Huh? Don't you know me? Uh, uh, no. Don't be frightened. Well, who's frightened? I can do things. I can become things. Oh, sure you can. I'm going to show you who I am. Great, fine. I'm going to remove that which is not me. Well, go ahead, fine. My veil. Hmm. My hat. My hair. Hey, oh, wait. Uh, uh, my ears. Oh. My oh. nose. Good lord. My eyes. Oh, wait, wait, stop. Oh, my God. My lips. Stop. And uh, my skin. Uh, uh, Look at me. No. Look at me, Jack. I can't. God, a skull, a clear crystal skull. Who are you? Your salad maison? Huh? You ordered the cocoa vin? This podcast could be entitled The Truth About the Crystal Skull or I Was Robbed. This is Meatball Fold. This is about the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones, and Jack Flanders. We were starting to get emails from fans asking whether we were paid because there were several plot points that were awfully similar. So I went to see the new Indiana Jones film the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Nice title. I was curious, having written a couple of Jack Flanders series, Dreams of Rio and Dreams of the Amazon, and they also had crystal skulls. I was hoping I wouldn't see too many coincidences. So this podcast is my way of saying, no, we haven't been paid anything, and we never will, and I'm not about to sue Steven Spielberg because... Of all the foolish things I've done in my life, I don't think that's going to be one of them. Good luck on that. I just don't understand how we can be so cold. Huh? Why can't civilization leave the Indians alone? The indigenous people have always been in the way of the cultured ones. Whenever land has been in the hands of the pagan race, it has been considered fair play, and by even the most Christian people, 
to slaughter the savages and take their land. After all, we are advancing civilization. We need the land for expansion. The North American Indian, the Aztec, the Inca, the African tribes, the Australian Bushmen, the natives of Hawaii, the Polynesians, all these indigenous groups have met disaster when they were discovered by cultured Christian white men. Now they slaughter the Indians of the Amazon. The banks of this river are soaked with their blood. Frida, let's, let's never go back. Yeah. Hey, you two, come on. Let's see what we found here. Needless to say, they slaughter a few more indigenous peoples in the indie film, but I assume the Indians got a few bucks for being extras before they were all massacred. Anyway, Crystal Skulls, they're out there. Both Jack Flanders and Indiana Jones draw their inspiration from the adventure pulp stories and the old adventure films. So Crystal Skulls are for a game, they're up for grabs, so to speak. About a third of the way into the film, Indy started talking about Francisco de Oriana and El Dorado. When I perked up, I recalled Frida telling Jack about the conquistadors. So, finally, how did the Amazon end up being called the Amazon? Francisco de Oriana was the man who discovered the Amazon. Yeah, but the Indiana, Klaus. Was mit den Indianern? Die waren doch zuerst da. Could we do this in English, please? I just said that the white man always gets credit, but what about the Indians? A good point. Hmm. Du erzähl die Geschichte. Na gut. Also a good point. <clears throat> Oriana fought alongside Francisco Pizarro in Peru. He heard of a golden city, El Dorado. And he heard tales of a gigantic river that was so wide, one could not see the other side. A river filled with fish and strange aquatic animals. He formed an expedition with Pizarro's brother, Gonzalo. It was outside of Quito that Oriana first heard of the warrior woman that lived alone on the banks of a great river. Pizarro took over command and left with the first party. It took him 16 months to reach the meeting of the waters. 17. Okay, 17. He returned to Quito. Orellana kept going. Again, they met Indians that told some strange stories of women without men. Hmm. The chieftain warned him that they would want to mate with his men and he should be careful because they are many and you are few. Orellana was delighted. Uh-huh. A few days later, again, he heard of the warrior woman. In a village, they came upon a wooden monument representing a city with walls and towers surprisingly civilized for the center of the jungle. They were told it was a replica of those that ruled this land, the women who live alone. Finally, somewhere near Ila das Oncas... Ila das Onsas? Yes, that's where they saw the warrior woman. They were standing on the riverbank with bows and arrows ready. There were dozens of them, tall, fair, naked women. The women shot their arrows at the boats, but they fell short and the women laughed. Laughed? Yeah, but the Spaniards fired back, hitting some of them. So the next volley of arrows the women shot hit the Spaniards and the battle pursued. Yeah, but why were they laughing? They were laughing because it was a mating ritual. They would shoot at the men they wanted, making sure the arrows dropped short so as not to damage their intended. Ah. At least 50 of the Spaniards saw these Amazon women. Even the priest swore it was true. 
but no one since Oriana has ever seen them. Joe, hast du seine Frage überhaupt nicht beantwortet? Wieso? Er hat dich gefragt, wie der Amazonas seinen Namen klar. bekommen hat. Das ist doch der, der Amazonas hat seinen Namen doch bekommen erklärt, wegen der. Ja. Da Nein, du hast die, die Frage nicht beantwortet. Of course, El Dorado, the city of gold, has stirred imaginations for a few hundred years, and even though no crystal skull was ever found in the Amazon, connecting the skull to Francisco de Oriano and El Dorado, yeah, I guess that's fair enough. Maybe. I have a story to tell you. It is about El Dorado. The Spaniards searched for this city of gold everywhere, but never found El Dorado. But some people claim it still may exist deep in the rainforest. Oh, excuse me, it's, it's so hot in here. Could you please open the window? Well, in 1937, there was an expedition looking for minerals. They said they had found signs of this city. They angered the Indians, who in turn killed all but one. And that one was too insane to be believed. Except he did bring back a statue. Do you mean that the skull is part of a... No, not the one you have but one that was in the museum before it was stolen and sold to a collector. The museum had a similar skull. The professor did not tell you. God, it's so hot in here. C can I sit down? Take three more steps down the bank and sit down, my son. <sighs> sit in the vault, please. Whoever finds the lost city, if it can ever be found, will be rich. But the objects have value far beyond what a collector can offer. Are you feeling better, my son? Yes, thank you. What kind of value do you mean? They are objects of power. Objects of power? You know what this power. Dreams of Rio was aired 14 years ago. The NPR station, KCRW, out in Santa Monica, did a fundraiser for the series, so it's played out there in Hollywood and a couple hundred other stations, plus satellite radio. Why did you come here? Bahia or, or Brazil? Both. I was sent to pick up a statue, some sort of stone head. It fell on the floor, it cracked open, and inside was a, a skull carved from a crystal stone of some sort. So I took it to an archaeologist at the National Museum in Rio. He said it was pre-Incan. You have the skull with you? No. The museum was broken into and it was stolen. Hmm. What did the skull look like? Well, I, uh, I have some photos here. You see, it's it's not exactly human. Strange cavities here for the eyes, and, and you see where the, the face extends forward where the nose would be? As though there were no real nose, but just a couple of holes. And, and see here the mouth. 
It, it's wide. It, it extends back around what should be the cheeks. And the jawbone is not at all like ours. <laughs> Can you make anything of this? I was thinking, maybe this gull was one of the African gods, but the Incan? Well, that's what he said. I don't think so. His name is Klaus Vargas. He's supposed to be an authority on Incan relics. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't think he's right on this one. Well, why do you say that? I don't know. Just a feeling. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, this gets me. The Crystal Skull tells Indy that it wants him to take it home. That, as you heard in the opening, is what the Skull told Jack. Also, the Indiana Jones Skull doesn't look human, and neither does Jack's Crystal Skull. And they both refer to it as representing the gods. So you came here expecting to pick up a statue and discovered a skull inside the statue. That's interesting. Mm, I, I took it to an archaeologist by the name of Klaus Vargas. Do you know him? I've met him. He said it was pre-Incan. Uh, here, I, I, I have these pictures he took before the skull was stolen. A clear crystal skull. I doubt it is Incan or pre-Incan. I doubt it's even from Peru. He said it was authentic? Yes. You don't think so? I can't tell, looking at photographs. Well, it, it's not supposed to represent a, a human skull, is it? It could be half human, half animal. One of the many spirits the Indians know of. Are you familiar with Candomblé? Ah, uh, yeah. I've been exposed to it. Mm -hmm. There are several African deities that are snake gods. Half human, half snake. Oh, a snake man. I'd say not. But I thought you just said it was. No, I think if you measured the skull as Professor Vargas should have, you'd find it's definitely feminine. Ah, a snake woman. You believe the skull was carved by the, the Amazon Indians? No, but it may have been used by the Indians. Did he tell you there have been other crystal skulls found? Some believe to be of Mayan, others of Aztec origin? Yes, but he didn't say what they were used for. They may have been used by an oracle. An oracle? As a crystal ball. Uh -huh. There is a gold mask in both the Indian Jack stories, but it's much more a part of the plot in Dreams of Rio. And in both, the eyes of the skull are very important. With a normal skull, there'd only be empty eye sockets, but with Indy's crystal skull, there are sort of glassy eyes. With Jack, he has crystal eyes he inserts into the skull. I can't begin to translate the glyphs, but there's something familiar here. The Temple of Masks. What? Nothing. This face is not a carving. It's... It, it's just resting on top. Frida, are you all right? Why do you and Jack keep asking me that? I'm fine, thank you. Fine, fine. What we have here is quite incredible. What we have here is a translation of my name in history. It <laughs> is a mask. <laughs> a shining mask. 
Mira, wait till you see. Huh? Is it gold? Yes. It is gold. Gold? I want gold. A gold mask. <laughs> A mask. The sunlight is almost to the skull. <laughs> I feel like Indiana Jones waiting for the light to hit. The eyes. Of course, I should have thought of that. Now, I'll just insert them into the eye sockets of the crystal skull. God, you look creepy. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Oh, now the sunlight is moving up the base, across the altar, and it's striking the prism. The eyes, they're glowing with a, with a red blackness. I can see shadows and, and flames. It's like a scene from hell. as though it's, it's looking around the room. It is looking around the room. It, it, it's looking at me. Eyes. Keep cool, Jack. Just, just keep cool. The sun is moving away. But the skull is still glowing. The film also used Iwasu Falls that borders Brazil and Argentina, which is massive. There's about 110 waterfalls there. The film did some nice CGI work on that. I recorded the same falls and used it in Dreams of the Amazon. And having a cave behind the falls as both Jack and Indy have, well, that's standard adventure pulp stuff. There's always caves behind waterfalls. But there was an actual cave that I recorded in. It was behind a narrow waterfall. We were trying to record the vampire bats in there. Frida, what's that? I think these drawings were made by the Indians. Die Zeichnungen sollen die Geister der Höhle beruhigen. Ja, aber da steckt mehr dahinter. Ich weiß, dass da noch mehr dahinter steckt. Sie sollen die Geister daran hindern, die Höhle zu verlassen. Ich weiß, sie sollen die Geister daran hindern, die Höhle zu verlassen. Die Frida muss immer das letzte Wort haben. Ist doch gar nicht wahr. Ah, ja, ja, doch. Please. I said that the drawings are also to keep the spirits from leaving the cave. They're still in there? Uh-huh. Great. And the Indians explored these caves? With reservations? Yes. Yeah. And not for many years, perhaps centuries. They did not like what is inside. Uh-huh. Huh? Here I am, somewhere in the middle of the Amazon, standing in the mouth of a cave. Even the Indians won't go in because of the evil spirit. It's raining. I'm soaking wet. It's getting dark. The vampire bats will be waking up soon. You know, on days like this, the malls don't seem so bad. Oh, Jack. And in both Jack and Indy, there are designs in the caves left by the Indians, and, you know, that's cool. But coming out onto a valley on the other side of the caves and having Mayan-looking temples and a palace exist in Central America, but not in the Amazon, but do exist in both Dreams and Indy's Kingdom. 
the lost city. Come on. Let's make our way down. Of course, there's 10,000 other things in the film that's pure Indiana Jones, but some of the major plot points are a little too close for my comfort. I don't think anyone deliberately lifted, but it's possible someone heard Dreams of Rio years ago, and it sort of sunk down in it later, purely by accident, of course, seeped into the movie. Anyway, in July, we're recording a new Jack Flanders story, The White Castle. Should be ready by the end of the year. It's two hours in length, and, uh uh-oh, that's the length of a film. The composer, Tim Clark, and I spent a month traveling around Brazil, Rio, the Pantanal, and the Amazon recording all the sounds with one of the first portable digital recorders, a Sony PCM-F1. He recorded on beta tapes with backup batteries that weighed about 25 pounds, but those digital betas still sound great. Dreams of Rio is one rich sounding production. I hadn't listened to it in years. I was amazed at how good it sounds. It matches Moon of Morocco in terms of sound. The sounds are good enough to eat. The story's six hours long, so it's a full meal. Dessert included. And finally, Here's a scene I'm rather fond of, where Jack and his crew are leaving Manaus in the heart of Amazonia to take a boat up the Rio Negro in search of the lost city. Okay, I'm supposed to signal with the flashlight. Ah, there they are. Uh Uh-oh, there's three of them. What's that mean? Jack, have you got it? Yes, but who's that? We've been waiting, come on. Yeah, but who's the other? Hurry up, hurry up. All right, I... My God, it... Frida. Hello, Jack. How did you get here? I found her in the hotel lobby, looking for you. You're coming along on this this madcap adventure? Yes. Klaus insisted. He did? Do you mind? No, it's wonderful. It's nice to see you. My, my, my. You look all ready for a madcap adventure. Yes, Lord. Look alive here, Matthias. Yo, ho, ho. Aye, aye, Captain. So, how are you? I'm fine. Your message said you had something to tell me. Yes, but not now. Later. Okay. You know, I didn't think I would see you again. Really? Look behind you. What? Coming up over the jungle. It's a full moon. I've never seen it like this. It, it's so big, it's almost threatening. It's beautiful. The jungle moon. Ah, yes. The romantic tropics. And that's it. My friends, this is Meatball Fulton, zbs.org.